It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Christian values. Alabama Christian Talk. Greg. Priority Talk. It is Priority Talk, and we are live here on your Wednesday evening. Hello, welcome in, and uh, we're glad to be with you. So I've spent the day in, uh, at the uh, Alabama, and so we're there. Um, some big picture things to talk about. Lots of money being uh, being rolled out, or it will very, very soon. We'll give you some update as we go forward. A couple of uh, important things you think you need to know about. With you here on WC Radio 5 until 7, Monday through Friday. WXJC 101.1 FM. You can also listen live through the station uh, that uh, WXJC Radio. You can listen to all the great Bible teaching and talk um, right there on the app. Anytime you'd like to our website, Priority Talk Radio. You can listen live. You can listen later as well there. And uh, let me just go back and mention a great conversation we had yesterday with Pastor. Uh, we really enjoyed it. It was during the second. So if you're a first turn, you missed a hour. You may want to go back and check that. Uh, he is one great church, Crossroads Community Church in Elmore, Alabama, and he has a great ministry outreach to uh, to Pat, and that his church is fully behind and has a calling toward, and he's written a couple of great, great devotional books that would encourage any of us. I mean, they're really good. I mean, it, this bulletin of journaling was somewhere that really uh, challenged me yesterday on that conversation. Uh, you may want to go back and uh, give that a listen. It's there at PriorityTalkRadio.com or just on your favorite podcast platform. I'm quite sure if you'll search very easily. Um, we've got a good show for you. We'll be along with you first hour, uh, and this is going to sort of be somewhat of a consistent um, theme for the next foreseeable future, in that I will be with you during the first hour, and some days I will not be with you during the second just because of uh, commitments that I have in the evening times. So uh, Nate will pick on the second day, and uh, you'll want to listen in for that. He's going to talk more about the Jesus Revolution movie. You know, he saw it this weekend. He's got some uh, some thoughts. There's a you know a lot of conjecture out there about the movie. Good at quite honestly. Uh, you know, I, I'm never that uh, people that can can find fault. Um, you know, I, I tend to see, I, especially in ministry, I tend to see what with things. I tend to see you know what good this can do. And um, there's some people they can only see the bad. It's like they only see negative. Whatever somebody's doing um, for the kingdom, all they can do is see the problems with it and condemn it. And there's people out there that are condemning the movie. But over $40 million, uh, you know, that it's brought in um, of, that will be used to be able to make uh, future outreaches, I think is uh, really good. So he'll talk more about that. He'll also talk about um, uh, event being uh, more evangelistic and, how we can go about doing that, and I'm sure good stuff as well, but those topics are his list for today. He'll jump in here with us during the second hour. You know, Nate and I do, we with Al Cap, and we're often moving in different directions, and some days we collide here on the radio in the evenings, and some days we tag team here on the radio, and, you know, we I tag in, tag out, all that kind of stuff, and so, yeah, tremendous help to us. So, um, anyway, I'll be here with you for the first hour, and that's going to be the consistency. And, uh, there, you know, there may be some days, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, when I'm not quite able to be on second hour. 
I'll be channeless and uh, during the second, it'll always get stuff. Cleet Hux will be back with us. They do know that. Uh, I'll be in studio and join us and uh, good um, su subjects to take on when we talk worldviews and world religions and Christian counterfeits. And so great discussion coming up on this Friday. So listen in for that Friday evening for sure. Okay, um, what's going on in Montgomery? That is sort of my task right now is to try to um, possibly more to tell you good things to tell you. Um, there's things to, and they're okay. Uh, you know, they've got all this money to spend, like a billion dollars to uh, to designate. And they the governor called a special session last week and gave them uh, you know, so many days to, to bills passed. And um, RO is sort of the final day of should be the final day. I guess there's some chance it may not. You do have some legislation. Totally on board with everything. I think there's a pretty general consensus, but um, sometimes people uh, feel like they're this. Maybe they're okay with the final result, but they feel like maybe I should have been, I should have been at the table, or at least maybe I should have been consulted. And so uh, sometimes the process can get uh, a little, a little uh, dirty. And so uh, I think there's some that are probably a little bit, uh, um, a little bit. Uh, perturbed about some of it and then some of them got a few issues around the edge but I think for the most part I think the legislators in the Senate and the House are pretty set on how to do this now whether or not we should be doling out a billion dollars into our economy you know I, I guess it's free money it's all free money at this point isn't it from the federal government I mean they're just printing it up so uh, you know inflation is a real thing for a reason but um, uh, you do have the uh, the Senate now has, uh, they have passed um, uh, their portions of this. The House has moved forward on their portions of this. One thing they've done is they've uh, paid back money that was uh, borrowed at another time uh, to the Alabama Trust. And so uh, that kind of wipes out that quote-unquote debt that was there. And uh, that has been done now. And uh, that's good. So now they're going to move forward and, uh, and try to spend uh, this money in, over the next day or two, and there's all kinds of people circling, you know, to try to get their piece of this money, and, uh, you know, when you start handing out a billion plus dollars, boy, people go, all I got to do is just get a little bit of that, just a little bit of a billion dollars. I mean, it's hard for us to even grasp a billion with a B, 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 a billion dollars. So where's it going? Well, it's a good time to be in the uh, the water business, the sewer business, or the broadband business because that's where a big, big piece of it's going to go. So um, if, if you want to get into uh, putting in broadband in rural areas of the state, you could probably probably do pretty well <laughs> uh, if you're already in the business. I'm sure it's going to be designated to uh, particular uh, companies uh, to make sure they get, get the business. Uh, there'll also be some more of it that will be split between hospitals and nursing homes, which to me is sort of the intention of this money. It was to sort of repay some of these industries that lost um, that lost a lot of money, quote unquote, lost a lot of money during COVID. And then there's um, another oh, just 55 million, you know, just a little little nothing that's earmarked for what we're calling, quote, programs or services in response to the negative impacts of the public health emergency. So where's that going? Programs or services. So uh, I guess it'll be things, you know, what they're saying are things like food banks, 
domestic viol uh, violence, victim assistance, um, you know, kids programs, things like this. So there are a lot of people lining up for that as well. Um, you've also got um, some money going to repay to the uh, to PHIP and also to the uh, State Employees Health Insurance Board. Uh, you're just talking, oh, $40 million each for them. So um, that's a lot of the money that's going out there. Um, the Senate will uh, vote on this tomorrow, uh, but the House did it today, and uh, you had a just only, uh, I think, just three no votes on this, and they were all Republicans. Uh, and they, I think it was more on principle, and I think it was on not uh, maybe being as included in the process maybe as they wanted to be, but uh, those were state representatives. Ben Harrison, uh, Representative Arnold Mooney, who is uh, in our listening audience there in Shelby County, and then also new state representative Ernie Yarbrough uh, out of Trinity, North Alabama, and so uh, those are the ones who, who voted no against this. And they, they knew they weren't going to stop it, but I think they were just trying to send a message um, on this. There are, there are a few senators tomorrow. We'll see. There could be some, um, uh, there could be some, some debate. There could be some healthy back and forth. We will see. I think, I think it will be interesting to see what comes of that. Um, you know, it is possible to pass other legislation during a special session as well. Uh, one of those that um, got introduced during a special session, it just has to have, have a higher threshold of votes, was a bill by Garland Gudger. Now, a lot of you know him out of Coleman in our listening audience. He represents a good little chunk of you uh, across the, uh, the Coleman area and the outlying areas of Coleman. And uh, he had a bill, and now he'll refile this if it doesn't get dealt with, which it's not going to. Uh, he'll refile this in the regular session, but um, a lot of people are thinking, hey, why not? This makes a lot of sense. Uh, that basically would allow patients or residents, again, hospitals, nursing homes, to, uh, to designate visitors um, that could be essential caregivers to them while they're in the hospital or while they're in a, in a nursing home. And uh, they would be allowed to visit that person, be with that person, touch that person, uh, have contact with them, uh, and this is, of course, in response to COVID. And uh, you know, when unfortunately, a lot of people out there, you know, you 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 had loved ones that uh, that went into um, the nursing home or went into the hospital. They were in a nursing home, or they were got in the hospital due to COVID or some other illness, and passed away in the hospital. And no one was able to visit with them. No family members were able to be with them. That um, uh, hospitals and those facilities just shut down, wouldn't let anybody in. And I know even as a minister, you weren't allowed to visit. Um, usually ministers are almost always able to get into a hospital just about and see anybody they want to see. They'll even sometimes even usher you back into the surgery areas uh, in, in, the, in, in the right circumstances if you know how to behave yourself. Uh, and, and let you pray with someone before they go into surgery and, and things like that. Well, you know, as you know and I know, you weren't able to do that. Look, I, I had a loved one that I had surgery while I was uh, during COVID. And, um, you know, thank the Lord, they came through it and came home. But I dropped them off on the side of the road in, in town at the hospital and picked them up weeks later in the same place and had no... Uh, was not able to visit, not able to be, and it was a major surgery in the hospital for weeks. I forget exactly how many weeks it was, probably at least a month. Um, 
no contact, no physical contact, no no in person. Uh, others were uh, maybe looked at them through a window, weren't able to go in the room with them. And so uh, Garland Gudger has had this in the Senate, and uh, he was hoping to see this get done in the special session. It came through a committee on a 10-0 vote. There's a lot of support for it, but leadership has not picked it up, and, uh, and it hasn't went through. So that will, uh, that, that will come back up. I think that's something that a lot of people um, feel like is a good thing. And when people are on their on their deathbed uh, and life-threatening situations in the hospital, uh, someone needs to be with them. And uh, certainly we understand. I'm not saying that's a, this is the situation and those I just called, but certainly I've been there many times. Any pastor has been there. Uh, someone's in the hospital. Their loved ones are uh, dearly afraid that uh, they don't know the Lord, that they're not right with God or they want to make sure of that, and they ask you to go and pay a visit and share the gospel with them and share Christ with them and pray with them and before they pass away. And to not be able to do that is, uh, is, is not right. If people are willing to take the risk to go in the room and be with them, they ought to be, willing to, they ought to be able to take the risk. Okay, um, there's more to talk about. Let's do it um, on the other side of the break, 205 941 one zero one one is our number two oh five nine four one one zero one one give us a call uh, your thoughts on it I bet some of you out there probably have stories about what I was just talking about I bet some of you can tell some stories and uh, they would be good to get out because it would help build uh, support if you've got a story I'd love to get it uh, love, love to let you share it give us a call did you have a loved one in the hospital during COVID that maybe passed away and you you couldn't visit, couldn't go to them, couldn't be with them. Give us a call 205-941-1011. Priority talk. Often marketing agencies make high promises with low delivery. Business owners have been burned by these types of companies time and time again. Dot Edison Marketing is built on integrity. They retain customers four times the industry average. Move past multiple vendors. Lost time, lost money. Contact Dot Edison Marketing and find your marketing partner with integrity at its core. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at DotEdison.com. This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well-equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 205-369-9630. 
Hi, I'm Pastor Greg Mott, and I'm the author of I Am Changes Who I Am, and you are listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk. And we're back in at 24 minutes after the hour. Greg Davis here. Uh, give us a call if you've got um, stories about uh, loved ones who entered the hospital or over in a nursing facility and uh, passed away and you weren't able to visit them. The, those stories are powerful. They really are, and they can make a big difference. Uh, if you've got one, we'd love to, to, uh, love to let you share it. Okay, I don't like to hear them but I would like to let you share it because I think uh, telling those stories, giving those testimonies is uh, is important. And so uh, we'd love to give you that opportunity if you want to give us a call at 205-941-1011. Okay, let's um, think about some some other issues. I wanted to get this out. This was last week. Um, I've got a little time here. Maybe we can hit it real quick. Oklahoma. Um, so let's shift shift uh, issues here. Oklahoma, um, a few years back, I'm going to say it was maybe five years ago, um, they legalized the medical marijuana in their state, and it just exploded. Um, I had a, a gentleman from Oklahoma who's, who's in the know in a similar type uh, work that I'm in tell me, and, and I've tried to look at these numbers, and I, I, I can't totally confirm the numbers, but you can definitely see where it's definitely possible that there were more marijuana dispensaries or what we call pot shops, uh, you know, dispensing the, the quote unquote medical marijuana. than there were churches in the state of Oklahoma now just exploded. They're everywhere. Okay. And, and you know, if you've you know been there or if you've been to places like California, um, uh, you know, Colorado, places like that, you, you just see how these, these, these places that dispense marijuana are everywhere. Well, you know, California, Colorado, those folks, they, they did the medical marijuana, oh, about 10 years ago. So it's about five years after you, uh, you know, roll out medical marijuana that then, you know, then it comes time to just legalize the marijuana for any kind of use recreationally, just, you know, uh, decriminalize it in the state, even though it's a Schedule One federal narcotic. So um, there's been several states. Arkansas voted down an attempt to legalize uh, marijuana uh, back in November. And this past week, Oklahoma voted down a proposal to legalize recreational marijuana. And it was by a margin of like 61% to 38% or something like that. And it didn't have one county where it actually, uh, you know, passed. It lost every single county. And... I'm just showing. I'm just telling you this to show you this is where it goes to. Uh, you legalize the medical marijuana. The demand is great. The money's big. Um, you become so overrun with it that everybody finally says, and, and then, then you get lots of illegal activity around it. You know, it's just going to happen. And then all of a sudden, um, 
then the push becomes, well, let's just legalize it so we can regulate it. And, you know, we can, we can further regulate it if we can just legalize the recreational use and let's do it. And that's what happens. Uh, a newspaper ad campaign in Oklahoma that was said to be very effective uh, said this, don't California our Oklahoma. And I think that was probably very, um, very effective. Uh, everything I've read about this tells me, and, uh, and I'm hoping, I was hoping to have a guest on from Oklahoma, but it didn't come together that, that was right in the middle of this, uh, was that uh, several Christian denominations, including Baptists, Catholics, Nazarenes, uh, all jumped into this and, um, and got behind it that the faith, the Christian faith community made a big, big difference and was a major player in what went on. And so I think it'll be the same way here is what I'm telling you. Um, that's, it's going to come. Um, if, if, if this medical marijuana movement, it's like a, it's a freight train right now that just hadn't quite got into sight yet, but it's coming, you know, it, it's going to show up in your town real soon. Um, just, just give it either oh, between a year and three years and you're going to have them everywhere. And then within five years, the push will be to vote on recreational marijuana. Maybe not during this, uh, this legislative four years, you know, we've got a new slate of legislators, probably in the next slate of legislators, I would say. Uh, so five years from now, look for it to come and uh, we'll have to be ready for it. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, it, it'll be, it'll be the same as gambling. And look, the thing is, we'll have to stop it every time. They only have to get it right one time. You know, you get something approved, something sinful like this one time, and then you're stuck with it forever, and you just can't get rid of it. Yeah, here's some stats that New York Times um, quoted um, that Oklahoma has more medical marijuana stores than Colorado, Washington, and Oregon combined, and more licensed cannabis farms than California and Oklahoma. Now, if you haven't been to Oklahoma, it's a lot like Alabama, okay? It really is. Um, the people, the land, it's a lot like Alabama. Oklahoma City is obviously a bigger town than we have in our state, but uh, it's very similar. Okay, um, but they voted it down, and that's the good thing for now. That's the good thing for now. This is just one of those that's never going away. It's just going to keep pounding and pounding and pounding. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Greg, and ever since the first time I visited Israel in 1999, I've encouraged others to also experience the land of the Bible for themselves. I'm wondering if you've ever dreamed of visiting the Holy Land and walking where Jesus walked. If so, why don't you pray about touring Israel with me in the summer of 2023? We will experience a 10-day pilgrimage that will include visiting biblical sites around the Sea of Galilee and actually taking an inspirational boat ride on the same waters that Jesus walked upon. We will also visit the holy sites in the city of Jerusalem, including Golgotha and the Garden Tomb. You'll also experience the Dead Sea and many significant Old Testament sites. The Bible will come alive to you like never before. Are you interested at all? Email me. Greg at PriorityTalkRadio.com and I'll share with you much more information about this trip of a lifetime. Email me, Greg at PriorityTalkRadio.com for more information on traveling with me to the Holy Land in summer of 2023. Hey, Priority Talk listeners. Care to make a quick comment or ask a question for Greg on the air? Send the code PTR to the number 202-249-5592 to join the show's text line where you can communicate with Greg during the show. That's 
888-565-5592 and send the letters PTR. Thanks for listening. And now back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like... It is Priority Talk, and we're back here with you on this Wednesday evening. Hello. If you're just joining us after the bottom of the hour, welcome in. I'll be with you until 6. Nate Williams will jump in here, in here at 6 and take you till 7 o'clock. He's got some good topics coming up next hour, including uh, more talk about Jesus Revolution, some perspectives on that, and, uh, and also uh, some, some further thoughts, I know, on evangelism. So uh, stay tuned, and uh, we'll get to that uh, coming up next hour. I'm giving you sort of a, a daily little rundown here on some of the news. Um, did you see, I didn't get to see it all. I don't obviously don't watch the show, but did you see the interview that uh, Joe Biden um, did with uh, The Daily Show? Oh, my goodness. Look, I, y'all know I, I'm not the guy who just shows up every day and plays Biden clips and just talks about what he says because I think most of the time he – he pretty much don't even, you know, he don't even know where he's at or what he's talking about mostly. I mean, sometimes he'll surprise you. Um, but this guy, my goodness, he said that it was, uh, he called it a sin. If you see it, I'm just going to summarize it. He called it a sin to ban sex change surgeries and, and, um, and, you know, and hormone blockers and all this kind of stuff and cross-sex hormones for minors. In other words, that someone, until they become, you know, of age, 18 years of age, uh, you know, they're not even old enough to, uh, oh, to you know, to, to do much of anything, can't buy alcohol, you know, can't do a lot of things. You know, 14, 15-year-olds, which is a lot of times the ones getting the surgeries and taking the hormones, they can't drive you know, because why? Because they're not mature enough to do so, and they, you know, all kinds of reasons. You guys know what they are. Uh, they're kids that they, uh, with their parents' uh, twisted minds, should be able to have surgery and and mutilate their bodies. And he said it was uh, sinful to do so. Um, just amazing. If you have to really, you have to listen to it to even totally believe it. Um, he says, um, he, he called it, you know, he, his, his, uh, he went out for these kids that are, who are dealing with these regressive state laws and guess who has, uh, one of the very best ones, Alabama. Now it's held up in a federal court right now. And of course his administration went after the people who, uh, worked really hard to see this happen, uh, Eagle Forum and, uh, South, um, uh, Southeast Law Institute. Um, he went after them. Of course we we as well were involved in that, uh, but uh, we got we got left out of that at some somehow. Thank the Lord. But um, he uh, he said it was um, a sin to do that. It was sinful to do so. And now Florida, you know, they've uh, they're dealing with this issue right now, and and trying to do what we did last year. And so that's sort of what brought it up. You know, whatever DeSantis does is uh, sort of a um, a lightning rod, so to speak. And so uh, what did um, 
what did DeSantis do? Well, he, he commented on it. He said it's not simple to prohibit the mutilation of minors. It's not acceptable for the federal government to mandate the procedures like sex change operation to be allowed on kids. Um, and then he, he released pictures of the, the results of these surgeries saying, you know, is, this is a problem. This is sinful. Uh, and look, there's been all kind of surveys done. You know, we went through this last year here in the state. It's not something we're necessarily dealing with now because we've already passed it. This is one of the issues where we were ahead of Florida. You know, they've passed a lot of legislation that then maybe we followed them. Uh, Mississippi's passed some that, that we have followed, and, and it, it works all different ways. Um, this is one, though, where we were ahead of Florida. We were ahead of DeSantis on this. Uh, you know, Senator Shellnut last year, uh, Representative Wes Allen, who's now the Secretary of State here in the state, um, you know, fronted that in the Senate and the House and got it done. Governor Ivey signed it, and, of course, uh, then they were immediately sued, and it's held up in court right now. Parts of it are being enforced, parts of it are not. But you've heard me talk about it. Uh, but look, the numbers are on our side of this. I mean, still public opinion is on our side. There's been multiple surveys done over the last uh, year or two about people's uh, attitudes toward these type of these gender transitions for minors. And uh, one done last year, because we, we quoted this last year, found it was like 78% of Americans thought that kids should wait till they're adults before they go chopping off their body parts. And uh, they only less than 10% even thought that children with quote-unquote gender dysphoria should be able to undergo any kind of permanent changes. Only 10%. But this is something that the left is doubled down on. And uh, they just, um, this is something I believe that the, the left is uh, overplaying their hand on it. I mean, is this something, is Biden going to run on this come two years from now? Is, is he going to run on the fact that uh, if DeSantis is his uh, opponent, let's just say, is he going to run on the fact that DeSantis was supportive of a, a law that said kids shouldn't change their gender and that parents shouldn't even be able to do that to their child they should wait till they're an adult um so it, it's not a winning issue for democrats uh but that's what tell that's what sort of tells you how strongly they feel about it because they know it's not a winning issue they they know the numbers aren't with them they're, they're not dumb they know this and they still go for it which and, and promote it which tells you that they really believe it, so to speak. But, um, yeah, they, DeSantis, he, he put out uh, through his Twitter, or his people did, uh, the results of, uh, of some of these surgeries and, and, and how graphic it is. I mean, Biden talked about how cruel it is not to let a child change their sex, a child nonetheless. Uh, it was quite an interview, if you haven't heard it. I, I don't suggest you go listen to it. Just take my word for it, um, that it was absolutely quite an interview. But for him to call it sinful to do so um, just tells you where this guy, man, I mean, uh, and, and the left, he's just he's just saying what he's told. It reminds me very strongly of uh, Isaiah chapter 5. 
And a lot of you are probably driving down the road and you're thinking this same passage where Isaiah said, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to them. Sorrow to them. And uh, that is, I believe, uh, the application. A, a just almost a spot-on application of what's going on here. And, uh, you know, you, you expect there to be a fringe element out here. I mean, look, this, this guy uh, claims to be a, a Catholic, a practicing Catholic. Um, it, the, the, the Pope has even come out recently and, uh, and said that this, is a, a, this movement of uh, gender ideology and, um, and uh, gender change he called it a, um, a dangerous ideological colonization and uh, that it was one of the most dangerous things going on right now. And uh, so, um, and this guy, he claims to be, you know, he claims to be a Catholic. I, I don't know what he is. I guess he has some connection to the Catholic Church. But, um, you know, how in the world anybody can think that kids ought to be allowed or that anyone should be able to not 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 that kids should be allowed kids don't know any better they should not be taken advantage of in such a way and that's exactly what happens uh, parents don't know what to do they take their kid to a doctor their doctor refers them to one of these gender doctors and there we go and there's a lot of money in it we talked about it a lot this time last year there's a a, a lot in it but transgender surgeries for minors I would say for anybody, but for minors, is uh, is not sinful. Uh, to to ban those is not sinful. Uh, they should be banned. That is wrong. Thank God we've done that here in Alabama. The surgeries cannot be uh, can't be done in Alabama right now. I don't know that there were any being done, but they were approaching it. Uh, they were being done at Vanderbilt, uh, and and UAB was I think moving in that direction. They certainly are still uh, giving out while the law is in, in, in while there's a lawsuit from the uh, department from the, from the federal government. They're, they're the ones that's got it held up. The Biden administration, they are still able to uh, to give the, uh, the, the the hormones and the puberty blockers to kids, but they have to stop short of doing the surgeries. But they just send them out of state, is what they do. So. This is one of those issues, man. I mean, you just go, where are, dear God, where are we, Lord? I mean, how evil can something be? You know, you think about all the evil in the world and, and, and what is, you know, what stoops lower than taking a child and, and literally reworking their physical body because, they have confused the, they have confused the child when i say they i mean the left look the progressive agenda has confused children and uh, no wonder we have an explosion of gender dysphoria i mean everything out there is um is is set up to confuse them it's a movement and so you've got um uh, this you've got this going on in schools and the parents don't know about it uh, we've seen stories of this in and Certainly other states, is it going on in Alabama? It probably is. We just don't know about it. Um, 
you know, this idea that everybody has a right to choose their own gender, just listen to their own heart, mind, that they're trapped. You get to choose whether you're a boy or girl or neither or maybe you're something else. No one can tell you what you are or choose this for you. I mean, look, it, it is deception and it is self-deception. And so these reasons are why this transgender movement is increasing in our country. And uh, this is exactly why, I go back again, why you're seeing a movement across the country for school choice. Because uh, a lot of this is coming out of school, school and TikTok, all right? Those are probably the two <laughs> major ways that kids are getting exposed. Um, you know, you used to say it was television or things like that. It's not, it's not television any longer. Uh, it's, it's TikTok. That is, that's, it's TikTok and it's, and it's sitting in a classroom getting under some teacher, whether it's in the curriculum or not, you've got teachers who, uh, who have an agenda to, uh, just like you've got, I'll just say, you, you've got Christian people who are teachers. Yes, it's a career to them, but it's a calling. Okay. You've got wackos who also feel a calling to go into the school. Yes, it's a career, but they also have a calling to influence kids. And their calling is evil. Many of them are. And, and then they get to these doctors, and they are these, these trans-identifying kids. They are they're, what, they're cash cows to the industry because there's a lot of money involved. And, uh, you know, people will do anything for money, right? That's just what it is. I mean, they, they get going. I mean, they do blood work, and they have meetings, and they give medicines, and then they have more meetings, and they have psychological analysis and physical analysis, and they do all kinds of things. And every one of them is cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. And so uh, and then we wonder why our kids have mental health issues and, you know, coming out of COVID, uh, add that on to it. You know, you wonder why you've got a, a big increase in adolescent depression and issues like this. And, uh, well, r really, it's no secret. And if you don't think it's out there, if you don't think it's in, in your home or in your community or in your neighborhood or in your school, then you've got your head in the sand. Of course it is. It's everywhere. So, anyway, uh, Biden just, I mean, I, I don't think he did the movement any good, any favors by going on The Daily Show and saying what he said. He was absolutely playing to about a 10% base of, of uh transgender zealots never used that term before I like that transgender zealots um, he was playing to them but look it's not a winning issue for him it the polls would net would not say this is a good issue which tells me he really thinks it he, he just does he also told in that same story he he said he remembered when his mind changed about uh, same-sex love and marriage and I thought he was going to say, oh, it was, you know, 2010. Because, you know, he had been against uh, gay marriage. He had been against all that stuff his whole career until he was vice president. And then he came out and said he was for gay marriage. He actually beat Barack Obama to it because Barack Obama ran against it as well, as did Hillary Clinton. They all did. And then while he was vice president, I remember, he came, I remember, he did it while I talked about it on this very show. So I thought he was going to go back to something, you know, like, hey, 2010, 2012, 2014, something like that. So when does he go back and say, 
my mind was changed or my, I, you know, I came to a realization. When does he go back to? No, it wasn't 2010. It was before that. Um, he goes back to when he was a senior in high school. <laughs> like, like Joe Biden can remember when he was a senior in high school. And he tells this vivid story. I mean, the guy doesn't even know where he's at most of the time, but he's got this vivid memory. And you go listen to it. I, if I was in studio today, I'd play it, but I can't, I'm not there, so I can't tell it. I can't play it for you. He tells this vivid story of being with his father, and his father's dropping him off in their car. He didn't say where. And then he says, um, and I looked over, and I saw two well-dressed men kiss each other. And he said, I looked at my father. And my, my dad said, Joey, they love each other. And, and, and in that moment is the way he told it. Basically, I understood and was all for this. He just forgets, oh, about the 50 years that he was against it in public life and voted against it and all that. Yeah, you know. So um, Joe Biden, man, I... You know, I, I'm not, it's too easy just to get on here and pick on that guy every day about things, and I don't do that. It's just it's just too easy. But this was two issues that hit too close to home, not to mention them. Um, all right, and, and just the fact that Alabama's already passed this law on transgender uh, uh, sex changes and all that kind of stuff. We've already got the law. We just need to get the Biden administration off of it so it can be fully applied here in the state of Alabama. And I say thanks to uh, Senator Shea Shellnut and thanks to then- State Representative Wes Allen for affronting those bills and uh, and many others who made that happen. It wasn't an easy lift. It wasn't an easy job. It was difficult. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, take it right up till 6 o'clock. Nate Williams will join you after 6. It's Priority Talk Radio, WXJC. Priority Talk. Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser, and that's today's family dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Key Tan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment, 256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment, 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. This is Glenn Coffey former running back of the Alabama Crimson Tide, and you're listening to Grad Davis on Priority Talk. Beep. 
five minutes until six o'clock. Nate Williams will be with you in uh, be in with us after the top of the hour, and uh, I'll leave it uh, with him until seven o'clock this evening. But we've tried to give you a, an update on uh, some current issues. Some of them state, some of them local. Yeah, mostly uh, how they applied to Alabama. Uh, let me give you another one. This is a national story, but I know it's one that many of you have heard about and had interest in. Y'all remember Coach uh, uh, Joe Kennedy? You remember him uh, out in Oregon and uh, how he lost his job for uh, you know kneeling and praying uh, after football games? Y'all remember that? It went all the way to the um, Supreme Court. He was um, his legal counsel was Alliance. Uh, uh, I, mean, I think it was First Liberty. I think was his um, the organization that supported him. Uh, and, uh, you know, you've got groups out there like uh, First Liberty and Alliance Defending Freedom and uh, groups like that, national groups, who take on cases like this all the way to the Supreme Court. And that's what happened. Of course, he did uh, win his uh, case at the Supreme Court and uh, was uh, for, for being fired for silently praying on the fields after games. He's now been reinstated, and he is – my understanding is – I'm not there – in the classroom with him, but my understanding is he's back on the job. So that's a big win for religious liberty. And, uh, you know, I, I tell pastors this all the time when I speak around the state to different groups, particular past groups of pastors, um, don't think for a minute that there's not people out there um, that, that don't want to uh, close the doors of the gospel, who don't, who don't want you to be able to share uh, biblical values or express your faith or any of those kind of things outside of your Sunday morning worship or outside of your home. Now, there that is prevalent right now, and you're seeing it, okay? They want to force you to uh, conform to their uh, to their ways. And uh, conformity, whether it's wrong or right, you know, we're for morality, and that's doing uh, right no matter who else is doing wrong. And... Um, there's people out there, I mean, there's a big movement, and don't think it's not even right here in Alabama. It is. And uh, right now, you know, they would be happy to uh, just keep it confined, you know, to, to, sun, to Sundays at the church or in your own home. But once they get that accomplished, then they'll come for the church, and then they'll come for your home, just the way they work. They're not going to stop. They're not going to let up. But thank God this guy's back on the job, apparently. And um, he uh, been all the way to the Supreme Court and got and won that case. And thank God we've got a Supreme Court now who understands and honors religious liberty. Uh, I think our state Supreme Court's got a good record on that, and our uh, uh, U.S. Supreme Court is uh, definitely leaning that way now. After decades of not, now they are. And uh, he also um, was able to, uh, I think, get uh, his attorney fees and those kind of things covered which is uh, fantastic as well. It was a big victory for religious liberty that uh, Coach Joe Kennedy out in Oregon back on the job. So glad to see that and so glad to hear that. Okay, uh, you'll always want to check out the podcast. It's there at PriorityTalkRadio.com. I'll be back on Thursday. I uh, should be in studio tomorrow without any issues. I'll give you an update on what happens tomorrow morning in the State House. And, uh, but I'll be back in studio Thursday and Friday, and we do it from 5 until 7. And so this has been Hour 1. Nate Williams is going to take Hour Number 2 this evening. So uh, stay with us, and he'll be with you right after the top of the hour, right here on Priority Talk Radio. And it's WXJC 101.1 FM. Keep it right here all the time, my friends. 
And I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Stay tuned for hour number two.